0: We've got a handful of advisors, which are agents, we call them advisors, that have phantom businesses at Thrive Real Estate Group. And what we mean by that is you're never going to see a logo. They don't have websites. They don't have staff. They don't have a prolific name. You're not going to Google them and find them. They're not on Yelp. You're not going to see them anywhere. Yet, they have businesses that yield in excess of half a million, quarter of a million, over a million. Mm -hmm. There's one example of over a million. And that's a business business. That is a absolute business.
1: Welcome to the Real Better Life podcast, where people that are writing stories worth telling share their knowledge, wisdom, and perspective to help you go further, faster as you move to
0: your better life. Over to your hosts, Dave Ness and Rob Alkema.
1: Welcome to episode 17 of the Real Better Life podcast. And the topic for today is running your business like a business. This is actually going to be our first two-part episode. And the first half, which we'll listen to today, is more about the theory and the mindset around why it's so important to run your business like a business, and particularly why it's such a struggle for so many people getting into the 1099 world. And then we're going to identify eight key areas to focus on in terms of necessary skills you need to have a thriving business as an independent contractor. And then part two, which feel free to skip ahead to that if you want more of the the how-to and the action steps, that is going to be where we focus in on three out of these eight key areas we identify in the first half. And these are the three that we see more people struggle with and the three areas that Dave and I struggled with the most as we were young in our business building careers. And then real quick, as a side note, we referenced two books and an article in the episode today. And we'd encourage you to go get a copy of those if you haven't already read them. The first one is E Myth by Michael Gerber. The second is The Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And the third is an article you can find online by Albert Gray entitled The Common Denominator of Success. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. Dave. Yo. We're back. We are back. The new studio. Dude, this is the virgin episode in the new studio.
0: I'm so excited. This this studio is like a thousand times better than the old one. Mainly because, well, for our listeners right now, it's dim lighting. We yes. have Deerhammer, which we is a, a single malt whiskey on the table. We also have some, you know, some light charcuterie. We we even have a candle.
1: We actually,
0: we actually do have a charcuterie board <laughs> and a candle. I'm right <laughs> not now. sure how I feel about the candle, but you know, yeah, the rest of it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're sitting here at, uh, You just
1: stay over on that side of the desk, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs>
0: this, this is going to be a fun one. I hope people take something away from it and
1: have some fun along the journey yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, which by the way, check out Deer Hammer. Yeah. Buena Vista, Colorado. Yep. This is go. our first time having it actually.
0: Colorado whiskey. And, uh, it, it's, it's solid. It's got notes of all kinds of fun things. Leather, maybe a little bit of chocolate, some cherries we were talking about earlier. hmm in fact, we've been sitting here for like an hour talking about it <laughs> prior to this whole episode. Yep. Which is hilarious. I
1: just had my first sip. It is, it's a winner. It's perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be with you right after I finish this uh, logo stamped ice cubed old fashioned that I'm drinking. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my, it's my go to. What, what's your
1: acronym? We haven't shared that with the audience. What's okay. your acronym around cubes?
0: Oh, yeah. And I got to give credit to Jimmy. <laughs> Which yes. is Tracy's husband, James. James. Jimmy. And the acronym is SRCs. <laughs> we do not do SRCs in this area of our world. And SRCs are what? Shitty realtor cues.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> so he, he gave me, actually, uh, it was like two Christmases ago, he gave me a cooler full of crystal clear. You know ice cubes that were yeah. they're perfect. They're beautiful, right? Yeah. And if you're a whiskey connoisseur and you're listening, you know that ice is big. Like you, you got to have the right ice, right? Because if it has air in it, it makes it cloudy, which isn't as beautiful. But more importantly, functionally, it melts faster, which means it waters down the bourbon that you're that you're drinking. Look at you. And it, it, that's not good. No but, one. Yeah. And I actually learned all this from my pastor.
1: <laughs> Shout out to Hidalgo.
0: <laughs> there you go, Mikey. Yeah, he changed my life in more ways than one. So, uh, yeah, there's your lesson. You could stop the podcast here and you're welcome.
1: Yeah, your life is already better, <laughs> which is the goal of this podcast.
0: Hey, it's the Better Life podcast.
1: Yeah, so we've moved studios. Move studios. Yeah, we now have the studio hosted full-time in our Broadway office. Yeah, which is we're, awesome. Previously, we were in the Cherry Creek office. Yeah, yeah. So. So good. Yeah. So here we are. And uh, the topic today is we're talking about running your business like a business, mm-hmm. not like a hot dog stand. <laughs> That's the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> Which sadly is how most people run their business. Yeah,
0: totally. Particularly in real estate.
1: And so we're going to change that today.
0: Yeah, we're going to change it. And I think I think this this is an appropriate conversation podcast for the time of year it is. Because we're in this segment of our rhythm in real estate where... It's a healthy thing. It's a good thing. Every year, November, December, to do annual reviews, to reflect on what you want to do more of, what you want to do less of, what went well, what didn't go well. What do you want to add to the business? What needs to be left behind from the business? So it's just a, hopefully for you, if you're listening, a lot of introspection, a lot of reflection, a lot of internal dialogue about how you want your life, your business, your world to look different as you march into a new, a new year. And so that, that's kind of, you know, Rob and I both thought running your business like a business is an interesting topic for, for this time of year as, as hopefully everyone's thinking about those topics as we, as we dive in, yeah.
1: Beautiful. So our hope today is, you know, we're always talking before we jump on the air about what are we hoping that people take away from this? Like what's the goal yeah. at the end? And here's what we both came up with really quickly is we both learned as we went mm-hmm. better and better how to run our businesses like a business right and i would say we're both still in the process of learning that but 100% but we've gotten a lot of this stuff down that we didn't do well early on yeah and so mm-hmm. our hope would be that after we talk through some of the things that we're going to talk through and not just talk about them but actually give you some practical applications of like hey here's stuff that we do and here's stuff that change things for the better within our businesses over the years, that that will help you expedite your journey to getting to to a point of proficiency in running your business like a business just faster, faster than you would have otherwise. Get
0: further faster in in the, our brokerage is called Thrive Real Estate Group, whatever your brokerage is called.
1: Or you might not have a brokerage.
0: Or you might not have a brokerage. You might might be independent or whatever it is, but... um, or, or you might be, yeah, you might in, not be in real estate in a totally different industry. Yeah, our industry happens to be real estate, which we love those Gentiles as well. We do. It's going to be a faith, faith-ridden podcast today. <laughs> uh, but, but where I was going with that is in our context, we talk about bending time. Yes, and and that sounds okay, you know, flowery and inflated. But you really can bend time. You really can get further, faster by listening, by learning, by observing, by changing mm-hmm. who you are, what you do, what you believe, how you see the world and how you engage it. Yep. And so really that's what we're talking about today. So we're going from bourbon quickly to deeply philosophical concepts <laughs> that that hopefully will be impactful, right? That's right. We're trying to have some fun here, but we're also trying to deliver some value. Yep. Yeah.
1: So one of the comments you made as we launch into this, as we were prepping for this, as you said, I think this concept of running your business like a business is lost on a lot of people in the real estate industry. Yeah. So let's start there. Unpack that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I think the concept of running a business like a business is lost. And the reason why is because our industry, real estate, is not good. It's not known for equipping and empowering people that enter into our business nor people that have been in our business or our industry for a long time. It's not good at giving skill sets, giving context, giving tools, giving resources, giving the things that, that are needed in order to actually run your business like a business. You think about it, you get licensed, right? And most states have, you know, relatively robust licensing courses. We're in Colorado, it's extremely robust, but it's mainly focused on legal. It's mainly focused on process. It's mainly focused on contracts, signatures, what you can and can't say, fair housing, all these things that are fundamentally very important, very critical, and we all need to be on the top of our game with. But when it comes to actually engaging the business, industry agnostic, topic agnostic, there are very, very, very few resources. At best, you're gonna be looking at engaging a private coach of some kind, whether that be a well-known, like a you know, Tom Ferry type of name or brand, or somebody who's maybe not well-known but delivers an amazing product to help design that, to help implement that, to help actually pursue what it looks like to to run a business. I also want to say this. As you're listening to this, you might be thinking, yeah, I, I do. I want to grow a business. And most people, I think, if we're honest, associate businesses with logos and storefronts and websites and names and trademarks, and copyrights. And maybe that's the way that it ends up. But I think for the vast majority of people, it doesn't end up that way. They have what I'm going to refer to, or what we're going to refer to as silent businesses or phantom businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that term.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, we, we've got a handful of advisors, which are agents, we call them advisors, that have phantom businesses at Thrive Real Estate Group. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is you're never going to see a logo. You're never, they don't have websites. They don't have staff. They don't have a prolific name. You're not going to Google them and find them. They're not on Yelp. You're not going to see them anywhere. Yet, they have businesses that yield in excess of half a million, quarter of a million, over a million. Mm-hmm. There, there's one example of over a million. And that's a business. That is an absolute business. It's a real estate portfolio. It's transactions. It's, it's a lot of different things that go into that. But this particular individual, he has built a business. We should probably have him at the podcast at some point (laughs) to talk about this.
1: Yeah, we're overdue.
0: Uh, He probably doesn't even know that he has a phantom business. (laughs) 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 We just named it. But that's, I just want to name that because I think that it can go either way. It can go in in the form of, yep, you know, it's very prolific. Everyone knows in your community what that name is and the logo and the brand. It can also be phantom or hidden or a silent business and and either way is is fine what really matters is profit yes at the end of the day like yep. that that's the deal starts with revenue it ends with profit
1: yes and this is a good time we wanted to get into which I actually thought of something while you were talking about that we wanted to get into this concept around the cash flow quadrant yes right and moving from 100%. the left to the right side of the quadrant which real estate is a is a phenomenal arena to make that move okay so let's come back to that for a second so while you were talking, I was like, oh, dude, how do we not think to think back to this?" Because we both love this book. But as we dive into this, it's very reminiscent of the E Myth. Oh yeah, right. And, yeah. and real estate. Michael Gerber. Yeah, real estate tends to attract this renegade, entrepreneurial, spirited mm-hmm. type of person who I think we could best describe as as a as a very independent technician. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so the beauty of those people is they know how to go out and get results and they're really good at what what they do, right? Yep. And that's always what we're looking for is, is, yeah, we're looking for culture fit, but we're looking for like-mindedness and skill set and, right, it's that super high-performing independent technician. The problem, though, is is there's no guarantee that just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you're going to be good at the business side right. of the business. You're good at the production, the revenue-generating side of the business. Yep. But there's a whole other subset of skills that you have to have for your business to really thrive and succeed.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right,
1: and so so go back to the cash flow quadrant for a second and talk mm-hmm. about if somebody hasn't read that book or it's been a minute since they've read that book. Yeah. Talk about that concept of moving from the left side to the right side and how do we do that?
0: Yeah, so cash flow quadrant is uh, Robert Kiyosaki. It was frankly more profoundly impactful for me than even Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is his flagship book and. <laughs> One of the reasons that you know we know the name of Robert Kiyosaki, most listeners probably know that name. But Cashflow Quadrant came—I don't know—it was, was a book or two after that. I think mm-hmm. he's got like twenty. I think it's like twenty-four books or something like yeah, that. I
1: think that was the second one.
0: Yeah, it, it followed you know Rich Dad Poor Dad. So if you have not read it, I we both highly recommend that you pick that up and read it and study it, make notes, or journal on, meditate on a little bit. But the the Cashflow Quadrant is just you know it's four boxes on a on a page. And just to summarize and stay high level to not get off track here, the left side is very much about being kind of the solopreneur, yep. right? Where everything is dependent on you. If you stop working, then there is no revenue.
1: That's right. Which it's, means it's, there is no business. Yeah. And that left side, the the hallmark is you're trading time for money. Yes. You're either trading your time to an employer who pays you for your time, or yep. hourly salary, just however that's set up, or or you're self-employed, right? But but rather than working a job, you own the job. You own the job. But it's still time for money. Like I have to put in time to create revenue for my business. Right. Right. And so the the beauty of real estate as a vehicle is real estate gives you some real skills in that self-employed quadrant, right? And then what you're doing is, is you're leveraging these systems and processes and knowledge that you're learning to create revenue. And then real estate itself is a great, What's the word I'm looking for?
0: Facilitator?
1: Yeah, it's a great facilitator to take your disposable income, that that extra revenue that you're generating, and to invest that into real estate assets that then produce income. And that eventually helps you move over to that right side of the quadrant yeah. where you're putting your money to work to create more money for you in the form of passive income. Yes,
0: yeah. And that's the right side of the quadrant. Is, that's right. It's not dependent on you. Yep. And, and so he kind of, you know, Kiyosaki kind of defines wealth and success in, in essence as it's not measured or it shouldn't be measured in money mm-hmm. or in, in dollars. It should be rever- measured in time. Yeah. In other words, how, how long can you be away from your business and have it still be generating you know, revenue for you? Mm-hmm. And in, in real estate, of course, if, if you're listening to this and you're a licensed agent, you're thinking a week, <laughs> right? And that's okay. Right. That, that's not, this isn't
1: like an Everybody, indictment. That's right. Everybody has to start somewhere.
0: It, it, is, it is that. And what the admonition or the encouragement slash challenge is, is to say, keep doing that. You can do that until, you can be a real estate agent until you're, how, you know, whatever, 60, 70, 80 years old. We have plenty of people right here in Denver that are, in their more mature years, that are still crushing it. Yep. But they don't have to. And the reason why is because they've, they've taken their revenue, mm-hmm. A lot of people like to call it money, but it's revenue because we're talking about running your business like a business. So let's start using that terminology. Yeah, you're, they, they take their revenue. Your
1: commissions are not your income. No. Your commissions are your revenue. And maybe we could
0: pause right there for a hot second.
1: <laughs> Let that sink and
0: in. <laughs> your commissions are not yours. They're your businesses. They're your businesses. Yep. They are not yours. We could mic drop that and leave it right there. Mm-hmm. But if you got your mind around that one concept, all of a sudden you're thinking of revenue. Now you're starting to think like a business. When you think about splits, commissions, income, all of those terms, guaranteed you are stuck in the cul-de-sac of thinking short-term like an independent contractor, yes. not a business owner. Correct. Yep. And you could almost rest assured that if, you, if that pattern of thinking continues you're going to be doing the same thing and thinking the same way and living the same life in 30 years than you are right now.
1: Yeah. And that that's, um, you know, just to harken back to Kiyosaki, one of the impactful parts about the the left side of the quadrant is it's this constant battle of either I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money. Yeah. Right. If, if I want a lot of money, I don't have a lot of time. If I want a lot of time, I don't have a lot of money. Right. And so to make that move, you have to invest your time into either building systems that produce income even when you're not working or you have to invest that time to create, you know, finances, assets that go to work and create money for yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. Right. And, and the way he describes that is not like, oh yeah, I have a rental property or two. It's like, no, it's it's on a much larger, more massive scale than that. Yes, 100%. Right? But, you know, to this whole point, our encouragement to anybody who's listening is whether you're in the real estate industry or not, like whatever you're doing, have this intent. Like this is what I would want for my kids yeah. 20 years from now. Yeah. Is that they've learned this principle of, hey, don't get stuck in this trap of, of trading your time for your money. Invest your time into systems or assets that are ultimately going to help produce income even when you're not there. Yeah. Right. And that may sound selfish or greedy. It's not. I'm, I'm a big believer that, that if you can do that and you can start to you can start to earn your time back, you can invest that time into a calling, a purpose, a passion project, where a lot of people are stuck like, well, I'd really like to be doing other things, but I can't because I have to make money.
0: Yeah, and we talked about that on a, on a podcast, uh, one of our episodes, I think it was I don't know four or five episodes ago where we we kind of made this you know profound discovery slash statement on on the episode saying, you know, if, if you're not engaging in your highest value, you're stealing from the world. Mm. And, and it's heavy. It's like, well, yeah. well, geez. And so when you talk about having more time and having your money work for you, whether that's through real estate investing or some other type of investing, and we think about why. The why behind that, not to get off track, but the why behind that is so that you can be freed up to give what your unique ability
1: is. That's right. Is. Your and, unique contribution to yes. the world. Yeah, 100%. Yep. So these principles that we're going to talk about, these actionable steps in running yeah. your business like a business, what we don't want it to be is is preachy, Yeah, right? Where I think if I had listened to this 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm doing so many things wrong. And I would have felt guilty and... I really should do this stuff and and we don't want it to come across that way. We want it to come across as like hey, here's here's some really practical tips. That we've learned along the way mm-hmm. that can help you run your business more efficiently, so that you can accelerate, right, go further, faster, as you move from that left side to the right side of the quadrant. Yep. So you're more freed up to unleash your gifts to the world.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Because that's, that's what,
1: whatever that looks like for for each individual person that's listening to this. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I think at Thrive at our little ecosystem, we would call that the better life. Yeah. That that's what we would call it. It's better for the world. It's better for the community. It's better for you. It's better for your family. Yeah. So I think you know kind of moving from that concept of uh, just naming that, hey, our industry in general, real estate is not great at equipping and empowering people to run businesses like businesses in this Mm -hmm. cash cash flow quadrant. Looking at that and and looking at, uh, or transitioning rather to what is it that, what what path are we on? And so Rob and I kind of unpacked this a little bit and and whiteboarded it as as it were (laughs) to go, well, what path are we on? Just high level. Maybe you kind of relate to this a little bit, but I think we're all on this path. We we have to start in our real estate careers or whatever career you're in, you have to start with industry knowledge. In our world, you have to know contracts. You have to know process. You have to know legal. You have to know, you know, all the way down to like how to docu-sign contracts and like how to explain them and just the industry lingo, the vocabulary, the process. Like that, that is bedrock. That's like fundamental. And if you're listening to this, you're probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah get on with it. But but I just want, you know, we want to name that. It has to start there. I think the next, the next layer is you have to have, and and this is I'm gonna couch this. No this is industry agnostic, you have to have sales acumen. Yes. And we should pause there for a hot second because I think a lot of people are like, oh, here we go. You know, sale, sales, sales, yep. sales this, sales that. But hey, the world works in sales. Yep. Period. And if you're thinking, Well, I haven't had a lot of good experiences with salespeople. Well, guess what? Me neither. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to relate, build trust, build rapport quickly.
1: Gain influence with people. Gain
0: influence. Understand where someone's coming from. Listen, not talk, but actually listen, absorb, process, and deliver something that someone actually wants and needs. Yep something that somebody wants and needs and you're able to deliver it. To us, that's selling. If you're doing anything other than that, it's probably slickster, scam, you know, whatever. So when we say sales acumen, we need we mean in your particular industry and in ours real estate, you, you have to be able to do those things. You can't move beyond what we're what what this path is and we have two other things we need to talk about, but you can't move beyond sales acumen until you master that.
1: Right. Yeah, in, in its simplest form, you know, like we're going to go through these eight different things. And the, and the very first thing is any successful business needs a good sales process. Yeah. Right. And so when we talk about industry knowledge, it's like you have to know your product. You have to know your industry. You have to be a subject matter expert at there whatever it is you're doing. Subject
0: matter expert, yeah.
1: And then the sales acumen is really like your people knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So when you can put together like people knowledge of like, how do I connect with people? How do I influence them? Why do people do the things they do? How do they work? How do they think? Right? And you can combine those two things. Well, then you can make sales. And if you can make sales, you can generate revenue. And if you can generate revenue, now we have a business. You have a blueprint of a business, at least. But these other seven things we're going to talk about, they're literally worthless if you don't have revenue. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, the business doesn't exist if there's no revenue. Yeah.
0: Revenue to a business is heir to a person. Mm -hmm. You you literally can't exist without it. And so— so industry knowledge from high level, sales acumen, industry agnostic. And then the, the third thing is <laughs> you have to know how to work. Okay. And let's unpack it because if you're listening, you're thinking, eh, I don't know how to work. And, and maybe you really do. But we would describe work not as I, I know how to do showings. I know how to do listing presentations. And that's not what we're talking about. That's surface level, whatever. That's more like subject matter expertise. What we're talking about, we actually unpacked about three episodes ago with Brian Harbin, and he talks a lot about grit and the ability to sustain and perform even under really poor circumstances, being better than the bad calls, if you're a sports fan, being able to, (laughs) on a very practical level, understanding what it's like to not eat breakfast, not eat lunch, and maybe grab a dinner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I say that and people are rolling their eyes, but but that's what we're talking about. We're actually talking about being able to commit, being able to stay focused, being able to stay present, being able to give the best of yourself, even when you're super hangry,
1: but, for example. But Dave, that doesn't sound very balanced.
0: <laughs> hey, let me just drop this real quick. We don't give a shit about balance, <laughs> <laughs> we really don't. We give a lot of shits about what we call the better life. Yep. But but really the whole yeah. I mean I know you're, we're we're kind of ad libbing here, but 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 that yeah the whole idea that like, oh, everything has to be balanced. Well, guess what? It's not. And nor is it. For example, when you have kids, right? It's not balanced. Yeah. <laughs> it is not like you give of yourself for the parents that are listening. You give of yourself to a, a fault to a very very unbalanced degree in order to bring another human being into existence and making them a you know a productive member of society and you
1: know, so excellence naturally requires some sacrifice.
0: Yeah, excellence and balance in the very beginning at least they they're not friends.
1: Yeah. It and, doesn't work. And when you talk about work and you talk about grit I think of summarizing that as it's it's the habit of getting yourself to do things you don't feel like doing when they need to be done.
0: Yes. 100%. I can't remember who the author was, but uh, it's the common denominator of oh, success. Yeah, yeah. Albert, which yeah, Albert Gray. Albert Gray. Yep. Which is essentially, and, and this, this is another kind of Mike Drozd. Oh, that's a, that's a gem.
1: If you haven't read that, go Google it. You can find a free PDF copy of his talk online. It's, it's unbelievable. Gold.
0: Yeah, it, and it's short. It's like a five-minute read. But his synopsis is, listen, successful people do things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. hmm Yep. I and mean, that that's his whole speech. Yep. <laughs> like,
1: that's, that's it. A, that's it, the it, common denominator. Hey,
0: it's the shortest TED talk ever.
1: Yeah. Yep. yep.
0: <laughs> right? Like it's the common denominator of success. That's right.
1: And then he goes into like what are the things that people naturally don't like to do and right. it's it's all the same stuff. On, on, There's four down. different categories. Go go read it. Right. But yeah, and it, it's interesting, you know, we had this epiphany while we were talking like all work can be broken down into you're either creating something
0: mm.
1: new, right? You're creating something that didn't previously exist or you're redeeming something that does exist, and yes. when we say redeem, that's kind of a that's kind of an Old Testament word, yeah. if you will, <laughs> right? But when we talk about redeeming, it's taking something that already exists and making it better than it was when you found it, mm-hmm. right? And so we talked about like in the work of real estate day to day, an advisor would would be their their redemptive work would be taking their client from the situation they're in to a better situation, yeah. Right, like I know it sounds crazy, but you're you're redeeming their situation. You're redeeming the the space that they happen to call home. Yeah, right. And I get every not every real estate transaction is a is a home. Sure, right. It could be a second home or a rental property of an investment. Right. So I'm not not trying to get overly Mm those. But like that's just one example of like what are you you guys talking about when you say redeem? But it's like you're you're either creating some. You're going out and finding a client. That didn't exist in your world before you got to work. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you're taking an existing client to a better situation, which is a redemptive process. That's it. Right. And all work falls into one of those two categories. Yeah.
0: It's either, like you said, creation or redemption. One of the two, it's making it better or creating it from scratch. Yep.
1: In, and in that, and that should be, that should be a good litmus test for staying out of the mode of busy work or going through the motions, like doing things for the sake of quote unquote, staying busy Yeah. or looking busy yep. instead of actually being effective and more effective when we're creating or redeeming.
0: Yeah, and, and, and maybe just a sidestep for our own community, if, if you're listening and you're at Thrive and you're part of the Thrive community, you know, we're, we're a business that helps people get further, faster, fundamentally in the beginning, at least with leads, with mm-hmm. online leads. Yeah. And that can get really old really quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. can, it can get exhausting. It's, it, it, it's, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of reaction, it's a lot of unknown, it's a lot of, it's a lot of brain damage. But if you're thinking about it through the lens of what you're saying, which is, am I creating value for this person, or am I adding value? Am I am I making something better? That's pretty cool. That's pretty motivating. It, it looking at it through that worldview yep. and that lens of I'm doing one of those two things. If I ever if I'm ever not doing one of those two things, then I should check myself because what what are we really doing? Well, and that's you
1: know? that's the beauty of leads. Is it it's a insane hack to mm-hmm. the creation process, like if you didn't have that lead, the time and the money you'd have to invest to go create that relationship yeah. that didn't previously exist is is insane.
0: It's expensive both it, on, in it, terms of calendar
1: and checkbook. That's right. That It is insane. Yeah. So do you want to shift into kind of phase three, which is really the meat? I this? think
0: so. Yeah. It's. I mean, maybe a quick recap is is good. So, you know, just naming first that our industry, real estate in particular, is not good at helping people build businesses. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by businesses is not necessarily a logo and a website and a name. It could be a phantom or a silent business, and which is actually more common in our world anyway, and I think in most people's worlds, than, than not. You don't have to have a storefront. You don't have to have a storefront in order to have a highly successful business. Right. And then we talked about just the three phases, industry knowledge from a high level, sales acumen, and understanding how to work. Right. Those three things have to be in place and have to be mastered before
1: we get to these. That's right. And now, now once those things are there, now we can access this list of these other eight things. Yes. So run through these eight things real quick. And yep. then there's three that we're going to spend the majority of our time on.
0: Yep, exactly. So here they are. If, if you're taking notes or, or listening and kind of logging mental <laughs> notes. Um, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Who takes notes what's, anymore? That's a note. <laughs>
0: um, n- number one in this transition into having a business, number one, is you have to have a sales process. In other words, you have to be able to generate revenue. Mm -hmm. And we referenced it earlier. Again, revenue to a business is heir to a human being. You can't go very long without it. Everything falls apart. Employees go away. People aren't interested anymore. It's all about revenue. And if you're thinking, oh, geez, that sounds awfully corporate. Well, that's just the facts. Like it's, it is
1: what it is. You just
0: have to yeah. have money, right? I mean, yeah. think, think about think about your own personhood or if you're married, think about your own marriage. You have to have income. And, and And likewise, a business has to have revenue. Number two is you need to have long-term goals. You need to have a plan, a map, a vision. Where are you going? And kind of how are you getting there? So that long-term picture, you have to have that. Number three, you have to have a schedule. And this is kind of a big one because particularly in our industry, in real estate, when you're transitioning, most people are transitioning into real estate either from a W-2 job or a 1099 job. Mm -hmm. If you're transitioning from a W-2 job, it's even worse (laughs) because it's harder, I should say, because you've already been told what you need to do, when you need to start, when you can end. You've been told all that, which is why you probably quit your job because you don't want to be told anymore. But the hard news is now you have to tell yourself when to start, when to end. Yeah. You have to wear the employer hat and the employee hat. And it's a very, very, very difficult thing to do that not many people actually can master. Yep. And so that, that's the schedule
1: piece. And this is one of the big three we're going to come back to. Is so one of the, so yeah, exactly. as we would often say it, most people love the idea of being their own boss. Most people are really bad at being yeah. their own boss. They, they, need some, they need some training. They need some help creating structure for themselves and then keeping themselves accountable Because it's hard. That's one of the hardest parts about you know being self-employed. It's difficult. Yeah. Yep. Number four.
0: That's number three. So number four is any business has to have stats or or metrics tracking.
1: Mm -hmm. A scoreboard.
0: Yeah, a scoreboard of some kind. And which is funny in real estate because I think a lot of a lot of times people like in in our company and I think in, in other companies some people are averse to that because they're thinking. Unfortunately, I got into real estate so that i didn't have to have someone showing me you know how i was performing but the reality is if if you're in a straight commission job which real estate is you need to track your metrics you need to know what your gaps are what your strengths are so that you can capitalize on your strengths and do more of them and fill in your gaps Mm -hmm. and and make more revenue it goes back to number one you need to be able to do that there's no way to do that without stats nobody's ever lost a considerable amount of weight or put on a considerable amount of muscle mass without tracking stats. Yeah, Nobody's it gives, ever done that.
1: It gives you some level of insight and maybe not control, but influence mm-hmm. over your business, right? When, when your stats allow you to run your business very intentionally, it allows you to see what you're doing well. It allows you to see what you're not doing well and where you might need to make some improvements, right? But it's, it's feedback. Like stats are essentially your feedback loop.
0: Yes. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yep. So that's number four. Number five is, uh, is training and personal development. If you're going to have a business, you have to have those two things, training and, and personal development at, at some level. Number six is budgeting, financial projections, some type of financial plan. You got to be able to take your, your revenue.
1: Yeah. Taxes, accounting. Taxes and accounting what, are, are definitely Yeah, whatever that. you want to call all of that. That's number six.
0: Yeah. Like what's the system when, when you get in, in our world, when you get a, commission check, again, revenue. When you get that revenue, what happens to that? And is it the same every single time or is it just ad hoc?
1: That's a a big difference. And this is also one of the big three that we're going to come back to. We'll
0: come back to that. Yep. And then number seven is supplies. And and that's just a huge category, right? So every business has technology needs. You know, in real estate, you have to have a a vehicle. Uh, (laughs) You have to have collateral. You have to have printouts in our world. You have to have buyer presentations, listing presentations, business cards. You need to have a, a website of some kind. Yeah. You, know,
1: like, you need signage.
0: Yeah you, yeah, you need to have some some supplies, essentially. And then lastly, the number eight is um, you got to have an ownership mindset. You have to be able to identify that which you and you alone can uniquely deliver. Meaning, hey, I could eventually outsource everything except for two or three things. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my delivery into this business. And that is going to take shape differently over time. In the beginning, your unique ability is revenue generation. Yeah. In the...
1: Yeah, because you're the only person that exists <laughs> in your business. Like, so if you don't do it, you don't have a business because there's no revenue. There's no
0: revenue. And if there's yeah. no revenue, there's no business. Yeah. Which,
1: which, by the way, just, again, to not make people feel guilty as we go through some of these things is is I mean just think about that for a second if your primary role is I'm the only one in this business so I have to generate all the revenue there's not a lot of time or mental energy bandwidth to dedicate to these other things right which is why we're going through this you know so that somebody can be driving in the car listening and then maybe come back and reference some of these things but but to be learning some of these things because there's so little margin to pick up other business skills when so much of your time is dedicated to revenue generation. To revenue generation. Right. Like, think think about for you personally, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but think about for you personally, when you got into real estate, like how long it took before you felt like you could pick your head up and actually take a breath of fresh air and like pause and breathe for a second.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I mastered all this like in a month. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we had to just add a little levity into this. <laughs> for a it's too serious. <laughs> no, it's a great question. I mean, so 2009 to 2000, end of 2015. So, it's like six years.
1: Yeah. Of just, just grinding to create the revenue. To
0: straight grit. Yep. I mean, just money, 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 money. It's got to come in, it, and it's not all about the money. I w- actually wasn't keeping a lot of it <laughs> at, at that at that time, and so you could have used some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have loved this. Um, yeah, so re- revenue revenue was. I just stopped there. I mean, it, it was it was all of that, and honestly, you know, I I say this, and and people they could roll their eyes or whatever, but it's true. If a structure like our ecosystem, our mm-hmm. environment, our company thrive. Had existed, I would have gotten way further, way faster, right I would not be forty nine years old doing what i'm doing, and hey, I love what i'm doing at this point i mean it's it's fantastic, I have zero regrets but but the fact is is that if if I had understood some of these concepts and actually paid attention and, and engaged some of them, then it would have been even further that's right, even faster, right and so no regrets, but it's like yeah th- th- this is this is real life stuff, and so yeah, for those first years you you do you grind, it's all about revenue, it's all about making ends meet, it's all about making sure that your household is the business at that point. Like it that that's what it is, right? Right. But moving through these and and moving through these eight stages or these eight components of a of a business, running a business like a business, huge, it's massive. And I'll say this too, the best companies in real estate and the best teams, and we know most of them across the nation at this point. There's not very many. There's, there's not very many, unfortunately. <laughs> the best ones though, and, and there's there's quite a few we could name right now and actually like promote them, but the best ones deliver the vast majority of these eight things.
1: Yeah. Which is why we're only talking about three of them, because they're the three hardest ones to deliver. Yeah. These right? and these are the three and it, that it, we don't deliver. Well that's right. And it's funny because if you look at the really good ones, they a lot of them do some training around this because they do realize like there's a huge gap yeah. there's a huge need for this yeah once people get into the business they get their legs underneath them i'm going to say like roughly six transactions yeah right and yeah. they've developed some skills some confidence you know they've got they've got some money in the bank and they can co- sort of whew, take a breath right and go okay like yeah i don't suck anymore yeah right and they can they can start looking ahead at like those first few months you're just trying to get by. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. And then you can shift into like, okay, what do I do gotta do to get ahead? So yeah, get let's, some margin. Let's start with number two because if you look at, you know, let's call it whatever long term goals. I I like what you said.